Hello and welcome to Continental Breakfast. Good morning. As you're listening to this on Saturday morning, we're recording it later on Friday night, but uh, Brenton the Hero is going to have it produced as he has always been doing all through the Euros and have it up for you first thing in the morning so you can enjoy your breakfast and listen to us talk dung about the Euros. But sure, that's what we're here for. Uh, it's myself, Phil, and Brenton, and of course, the bold Stephen. Hello, lads. How's it going? Good morning. <laughs> we're all buzzing off uh, Scotland uh, and their performance at Wembley, which we're going to get into in, in quite a bit of depth. Uh, on tonight's podcast um, there was a full day of fixtures today as well which is the three games are finishing up soon lads which is not nice at all um, and then it goes into like a weird uh, couple of days where there's two games on a five then there's a ga- two games on a five two games on an eight two games on a five two games on a five and eight I don't know <laughs> UEFA must have been on some serious drugs when they're drawing these fixtures up but um, the three games today saw Sweden beat Slovakia and Sweden get off and running and almost certainly book their place in the next round Isaac impressing, I think, everyone across Europe in that game. Uh, Croatia and Czech Republic in England, Scotland's group, they faced off in ha- at Hamden Park and drew one all. Dejan Lovren, uh, a bit unlucky, going to give away a penalty and then almost killed someone in the crowd with his free kick. <laughs> Patrick Sheik scoring again. I think he's now joint top goal scorer. He's top goal scorer in the Euros this year, which is fair play to him. And then tonight, uh, a nil-nil draw at Wembley, but a thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable game between um, Scotland and England, which we're going to get into in a minute or two. But just to touch on the other two games, because we're not going to talk too much on both of them. But Brendan, I know, and I think everyone in the pod knows, it's in the WhatsApp group, you were quite excited about young Isaac there for Sweden today. Um, yeah, oh my word. What a player. Um the I think maybe last night we we touched on him slightly um when we were talking about when we were previewing this game and um just mentioning in the Spain game how it was basically a national disgrace that they took him off um and he he oh, he's just he's so good to watch he's just, just such a he's so powerful but um the feat. Um, so good that Ronnie made. Um, where he nearly scored like a, a goal that would rival Chicks um for goal of the tournament. Um, and I think his teammates might have been a bit annoyed with him. They took a shot on, but I thought he was well within his rights. Like especially after that run. Um, but yeah, he's he's a real he's a shining light. Um, for Sweden, and I think there's going to be a lot of clubs perking up and and looking at him now. Um, he's. You know, I, I love he. I think he's the one that um, has you know emerged out of this tournament. There's always one that um, people were tipping that it was going to be Foden's tournament, like that he was going to properly emerge in the world stage. He's done fuck all in two games, um, and he has like he, he, uh. he, for for the amount he gets talked up. Like, don't shy away from this. Like you know, he he Steve, I think, had a a theory that when there's crowds back, Foden will shit himself. And Champions League final, two opening games of Euro twenty twenty, he has been anonymous apart from one shot he hit off the post. That's it. Um Isaac obviously on the other hand, um I didn't know about him, a lot of people didn't know about him coming into this tournament. Um he has properly Stepped up onto the stage in a you know a couple of a couple of you know not easy games. Um, don't think Sweden have been overly fancied 
um, going into this tournament, in fact, going into this group at all. And, you know, now they're, they're kind of sitting pretty in that group. So, and a lot of it's down to him. Um, for how young he is, 21, um, he, he's definitely one to look at for the future. Yeah, and a lot of people, Steve, um, give Sweden a bit of a kicking because of how they um, sort of performed against Spain and they were so defensive and, and they, they, they didn't really want to get involved at all attacking-wise. They just made the sh- shot Spain up and um, frustrate them. But, like, this is tournament football. It's do or die. Like, you can't be pissing about here uh, from one week to another. Like, every game is almost certainly must win. I know there's, there's complications with the way the groups are drawn, but every game means something. So I thought... They did perfectly against Spain, and now look what they've done. They went and got themselves a win against Slovakia, sitting top of the group with four points, almost certainly through to the next stages. So they played blinder. Yeah, yeah, I think it was the the issue against Spain was that they were time wasting in the first half. Which is well, I mean, <laughs> we both love that, Stephen. Well, yeah, I kind of do love the shithousery of it. Like, um, but yeah, you're right. Like, this is tournament football, and we've spoken on this podcast so many times about like how you have to adapt to your circumstances and Sweden have done that perfectly like a draw against Spain is absolutely perfect to set yourself up for to go out and beat Slovakia now a draw against Poland and you're through to the next round comfortably they're probably through to the next round already with four points yeah, to be honest. I think so yeah. um, so Sweden will be absolutely delighted with like expending very little energy and I think you know just on Isaac like He's the kind of player who tends to score like one in three or one in two and a half games. So he's probably due a, he's, he's due a couple of goals, I think, still. So Swedish fans will probably have a lot to kind of still like hold out hope for, like, um, and the rest of the tournament. I, when I was just Googling him earlier on, because I, I, obviously I knew he was quite young, I didn't realize that he was actually born after my wife and I went on our first date. <laughs> that will tell you how how young he is and how old I am. Um, but yeah, so that kind of I think he might be the first international footballer to be born after I started dating my uh, my current wife, current and future wife, I should say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I was like, what the? <laughs> no, that, 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 yeah. Anyway, um, Sweden, yeah, happy. I think Sweden will be happy. Um, the other game today at five o'clock, they moved swiftly on. Was <laughs> Croatia uh, against Czech Republic um, at Hamden Park, obviously in England and Scotland's group. And, and, and the winner, if it had been a winner in this game, it could have set up that group in such a weird dynamic. It could have put maybe more pressure on Scotland to try and get the win tonight, which we will touch on uh, soon on, on that game. But that wasn't a penalty, Stephen. Like, I know no. Dejan Lovren's a clown. Listen, I watched him for so many years. I love him. I love him the bits because he is a clown, but... That wasn't a penalty. No, it wasn't. Like, I mean, the most heinous act he committed in that game was the free <laughs> kick he took. Not that, not that, um, jump. Like, you can't jump without lifting your arms. It's just yeah. that simple. And also, like, there was a player on the pitch with blood streaming down his face who took the penalty and he shouldn't have been there. <laughs> yeah. Like, if FIFA's rules are in any way consistent, he should have been off the field getting treatment. Um, I will say, like, he scored the penalty and fair play to him. But, like, this nonsense of the referee talking to every single player around the penalty, but he talks to the taker, he talks to all the players on the edge of the box, and then he goes in and talks to the goalkeeper. Like, we've seen a load of missed penalties in this competition, and I think it's because of that. Um, so I think that's something to look out for um, going forward in this tournament because I think we'll see more penalties missed because of the pressure of waiting to take it, especially the, 
you imagine there's a penalty in Budapest with, you know, a full house of 60,000 people, like, and you're waiting 30 seconds for the referees to talk to everyone. That's going to make for a very, very interesting atmosphere, I think. But I'm a big believer in, like, you know, the, 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 the accurate and scientific theory of ball don't lie. And, you know, I, I kind of had to doubt it a little bit when the Czech Republic scored that penalty tonight because there was no way it was a penalty for me. No. Brett, it, it was... And we've we've talked about how good the referees have been. And even, like, I think someone in comedy said VAR could have helped him out there. He did go to VAR. And he, and, <laughs> yeah. But, like, yeah. surely someone someone had to else had to have seen that in part of the fish and went... Uh, no, let's have a bit of, bit of common sense. Not to take anything away. Czech Republic Party deserved to take a lead at the time, but no, it just it, it was just the wrong decision. But Croatia did get themselves back into it, Brent, and Persic scored an absolute screamer. Um, it's yeah, had a couple of chances. Um, it was a probably the one real bit of quality that that Croatia had in the game. Um, lovely finish. Um, I think the defender that. Um, that he's approaching just slips. He just loses his footing just at the right time, and um, person sort of sort of comes inside and bends a lovely lovely shot in the corner. Um, but so important for Croatia, you know, um, they were stirring down uh, nil point um, in that group, which nobody saw going into it. Like you saw them challenging probably England at the top, and um. Now it's it's actually the Czechs and England who are going to be battling it out to to see who who tops that group. Um, but what a massive game that becomes um, for for both Scotland and Croatia. Um, and based on both of those games today, you would probably you probably fancy Scotland a bit more if they, if they show up like they did against England um, and kind of don't let the occasion get the better of them. Um, I think we've we've seen enough quality from Scotland. Especially if the player that those couple of changes to tonight against England made a difference and yeah, they can get out Croatia. Croatia for me they've been a big disappointment. They're um they're you can see that they're kind of an aging squad. Um I think everyone I'm not sure if, if, if it was on this podcast somebody made the point, but um you know when they were World Cup finalists, that was five years ago, you know, and everyone just expects them to be the same team. But they're obviously not going to be. Um, and we were seeing evidence of it in, in the first two games that they played. Like, they, they were so poor against England. Um, and maybe slightly better today against Czech Republic, but, you know, still n- no spark. No, nothing that that makes me think that they would, you know, do well if even if they get out of this group. Croatia. Yeah. Yeah, they 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 just look like um the years of from like you remember Euro two thousand eight when Modric had an unreal tournament and then obviously they got to the final of the world last World Cup. It looks like it's all just come at them. Do you know? Yeah. And not they're not all aging, but it just looks like. They they just don't they wouldn't scare me if I was any other teams left in the tournament and I think and we'll move on England Scotland in a minute I, th- I think Scotland can look at that game especially after the night's performance and think we can go and get something here but um to move on to Scotland v England nil nil draw at Wembley but lads 
and you can go come here first, Brennan, it's okay. What a game. What a no no. Um yeah. just the best no no I, I can remember saying in, in quite a while. Um it started quick and open and it stayed that way. Um it was feisty, there was you know, a lot of good midfield battles going on. Um you know, both sides had had spells. Um and, and as the game went on Scotland probably got more confident, got better, pushed up the field more. Tierney was influential. Also was Robertson. Um, Kilmore was started off um, maybe looking a bit nervous, and it took him time to. I think they mentioned it in the commentary. It was so right because I was watching him closely. Um, it might give him a bit of a run around. Well, between Mount and Sterling. Um, because maybe O'Donnell wasn't uh, pulling his full weight on on that right hand side, um, so Gilmore was having to basically shuttle run um, from the middle right, out to the right, and uh, he was blowing a bit after about ten minutes. But once he got his got a second wind, he was he was very good. I thought until um, he came off with about ten minutes to go. Um, Jay Adams was was good. Had a couple of chances, like the one at the back post in particular. That came across from the left hand side. And I thought was was a big chance. It, you know, he, he could see it all the way. Um, would have, you know, would have been disappointed probably not to get it on target. Um, and I also thought, you know, England, England were were poor. You know, in the in the Scottish box, I would say not so much the final third. They had a few nice passes, a few nice one twos. Um, Shaw in particular was was getting down that side and um, playing a couple of nice one twos. But once they kind of got there, um, there was there was no end product really. Kane was absolutely enormous. It's one of the worst games I've seen Harry Kane play. And for Gareth Southgate to, to take Harry Kane off, um, I know we we said we would talk about Kane um, because you know that's a that's a big that's a big deal I think for for Southgate to take him off for tactical reasons you know not just in the last five minutes when they're winning the game two 0 to give him a rest it wasn't one of those like there was twenty twenty five minutes left um and it wasn't working for High Kane he was coming so deep at times coming um you know into his own half just to try and get involved in the game thought Hanley and and McTominay were good very good marshalling him. Good in the air um, and and controlled that side of the game. Scotland were, you know, for me, probably deserved it a bit more than England. Um, but in the end, you know, a, a draw is is a good result for Scotland, and I suppose they'll just take that feeling into the Croatia game and, and hope they can they can get something there. Steve, a couple of things. What did you make of Grant Hanley turning into Paul McGrath in '94? <laughs> um, yeah, like I think it's it, it's it's kind of weird that like we went in we previewed this game last night and I spoke about how Scotland, you know, if England really turned it on, this could be three or four nil uh, to England. And I think what we saw was the limitations of this England team. 
Um, and like literally all that perplexed Gareth Southgate to a state of paralysis was playing five at the back. And that does not bode well for playing the likes of Germany or the likes of Portugal or the likes of France later on in this tournament. Um, like, I think Brendan's right. Like, I don't think I've seen Harry Kane play a worse game of football. It was incredibly, incredibly bad. And look, I, look, you know, I've been a Republic of Ireland fan for nearly 40 years. Sometimes you get bad results against minnows. Um, against teams you should be expected to beat, but like Scotland will still be disappointed that they didn't get a win against England um this evening because they were that poor. Um, I thought they were there for the sake, and I thought Scotland had the two best chances of of the game. Um, and I think just a little bit more composure from Jay Adams, especially on that set, we really just sliced it. Yeah. Um. And you're right. Pickford meant that we were talking before we started recording. Like Pickford meant a really, really good save as well, uh, which is unexpected because I thought Pickford was the weak link in that team. Um. But uh, Declan Rice was anonymous. Phil Foden was anonymous. Uh, Jack Grealish when he came on did nothing but fall in his arse. Raheem Sterling was anonymous. Uh, Harry Kane was was poor. Like Rhys James was probably the best England player out there. Maybe Mason Mount. Um. That doesn't bode well for England when they're your two best players on the park, when you've all that wealth of attacking talent. Um, I think Scotland, I hope Scotland don't rue not winning that game, um, but I think they will have more than enough to, to beat Croatia. And Phil, you texted me in the WhatsApp group this season about um, should Scott McTominay be a starting centre-back for Scott McSouls? <laughs> but like... Arguably, he is as good as he's better than everyone except maybe except maybe uh, Harry Maguire. But like, it's what he can give you. Like, I think Scotland missed that driving. Like Gilmore was great. Don't get me wrong, and he won man of the match. But I think if you had had McTominay just that little bit further forward, I think in our Scotland could have pressed England a bit more tonight and could have got the got all three points, and then we would have been in for a really tasty group. Steve, we, we talked about this on our pod last night. If they had Gilmore sitting and, 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 um, McTominay as part of that midfield with him, you know, that would have been, I think that would have been great. Yeah, I think especially, like, especially the way England set up tonight as well. Like, and England just seems so predictable. Like, there was nothing, yeah. there was nothing, like, you can't, you can't say there was a chance or, uh, uh, a passage of yeah yeah that was it and like that was like just from a set piece and that happens like someone lost their man and that happens like but you can't say anything else happened in the game that you would have thought okay that should have been an England score um so I think like Southgate is going to get absolutely fucking hammered in the UK press tomorrow and rightly so because I think they were very very poor um I might be wrong here sorry Brenton you can jump in here next I might I might be way off, so maybe you a little better than me. But have England not always looked better under Southgate when they've gone with a back five? Yeah. When they've gone with three centre halves or three maybe Kyle Walker and two centre halves and then the two wing backs that can maraud forward. Have they not always looked better that way? I thought the date and then he, and then he comes into this tournament and he goes to four and then Where is he, Kyle Walker? Kyle Walker's nowhere to be seen. Uh, Chilwell's nowhere to be seen. Uh, and I mean, Luke Shaw played well tonight, but I mean, Chilwell's nowhere to be seen. James nowhere to be seen the other day. Like, does he not watch the Bundesliga? Like, does he not under? Does he not seen what Jaden Sancho could do? And 
Phil Foden, we, we spoke about him enough, Phil Froden as Steve is nicknamed him, which I absolutely love. Again, I know people are on this hype train with him because he's done some flicks and tricks in a few games and he's looked quite good at times for Manchester in, um, in Europe and in the Premier League this season, but we're getting nothing out of him tonight. Nothing at all out of him. Um, so why didn't you bring Sancho on for him? He brings Rashford on, which is fair enough, but he brings him on for Hakeem to play him up front, but he leaves Dominic Calvin on Lewin on the bench. Yeah, but like Rashford is not your answer. Like Rashford is no. not your no. answer for a goal. That's like, what I was going to say. I love, I love him as a, I, I love him as a person. I adore him because he's brilliant and he's done more as a. He's he is the opposition party in the UK in terms of politics, and he's been brilliant in that regard. Yeah. But he's not a striker. He's not an out and out striker. You bring Dominic Calvert Lewin on in that situation. You don't bring on Marcus Rashford. But like. What does Sancho have to do to get fucking game time? Like, and even Grealish, I, like, I, I slagged him earlier on, but like, Grealish is better than any of the midfielders who started that game tonight. There's no reason why he shouldn't be playing. Um, I think Southgate has been very, very poor, and like, he gets, he gets a lot of praise. I said this, I think, on the preview podcast. Like, he gets a lot of praise, but like, you shouldn't. Like, he's doing the bare minimum with the quality of player he has. And yeah. they're, they're going to be found out. They're absolutely going to be found out in this tournament because they just can't create enough chances. Like, we saw, well, how many chances did Italy have on target in this tournament? It must be nearly 50 fucking chances Italy have had yeah. on target. Like, There's 20 something in the first game anyway. Yeah. And they've been nearly the same in the second game. England have had what? Like four? <laughs> it's just been that poor. <laughs> like, that is the difference between those two sides. Can you see anything other than a two or three nil win for Italy if Italy were to play England? I can't. England England beat Belgium recently and I know it was a Nation League game but Belgium had a decent score out too and they beat Belgium sorry Brett I know you have a point to come in here as well now they went with three centre-halves four across midfield which is Trent obviously and Trippier on the other side so you would just easily go Rhys James pardon me and Luke Shaw there like you know what I mean Rhys James and Trent Alexander-Arnold was not a lot between them at the minute now both European champions at club level Kieran Trippier and Luke Shaw, not a lot between those two at the minute either. Luke Shaw's really come on. And he went with two in midfield, and then he went with Mount Rashford and said Dominic Calvin Lewin up front. And it worked, and everybody knew it was working. And this is why the hype became with this England team, not just because of what individual players are doing with their clubs, or what they've won, or what Jaden Sancho was doing over in England, unless you guys, or Germany, sorry, unless you guys, South Korea has been watching the Bundesliga. And this was the type of thing people were going, this England team has a chance. This is why people were saying this England team has a chance. And he gets to a tournament, and he shites himself. Yeah. It's like, it's, and this is harsh on him, it's like the penalty in 96 all over again, team as fuck. I, yeah. I don't understand. And the, Scotland weren't there for the take of the night, because Scotland were better than England, and deserved to be better than England. They, they were much better side tonight. But it was so lacklustre from them, and it was so lacklustre as well on Sunday, but we tried to tell them, but they wouldn't listen, because Calvert Phillips had a great game. He's going to win the Ballon d'Or now, if you think, if you listen to some of them. They just won't take it in. And all the nonsense coming out of all the media today, like they're going to batter Scotland and all this here. And it was just teed up for this. They were just, they're so lucky, actually, England, that they got away with a nil-nil. Because this should have been worse. You're right, Steve. Scotland had the better chances, and it should have been worse for them. And going forward, if I was an English fan, uh, I wouldn't be too optimistic now. I hope that has curtailed some of their enthusiasm. And they can maybe, as a squad, I love the squad, but... They can maybe sort themselves out going forward. Brett, you had a point you wanted to jump in with, sorry, before we went off on our two rants. I just wanted to jump in with a start about Kane. Um, Kane tonight had 
his fewest touches in an international game for England in all any appearances over forty five minutes. He had nineteen touches in the whole game. That and is. he doesn't look Pickford, fit. I think. Pickford had twenty seven. Yeah, he does I think you're right, Phil. He doesn't look fit. Um he doesn't look he, fit. He looks like a player who's minding himself for a move this summer as well that doesn't want to get injured either. Like so I don't know it, the whole thing. Like I wouldn't start them in the next game. I would be yeah. ripping up that. I would be ripping up that team in a lot of ways and starting again. I think if I was Garcia, but I think he's he's shown that he's not that kind of manager. Like he's he's almost he he coaches not to lose rather than to win, and I just that's never never ever a good strategy. There was a point on uh, tonight in the match with Keane where it looked like he was going to break free of McTominay and possibly Hanley, and he turned around and passed it back to Jack Grealish, and he came off soon after that. And I think Lee Dixon or Ali, one of them said he didn't want to take him on there. And that's like, to be your talisman, to be one of the leading players and, and strikers in world football, there's something not right. So whether he had an injury or whether he's just like, he could be burnt out, let's, let's be honest. Like Football's been going on for too long the last 18 months. He could be one that's properly suffering. Plus, and he's, like, he's I carried Spurs to. Aye, like, I know, I know yeah. they haven't done anything, but he's done everything they have done. <laughs> and they are insane. Like no disrespect to my cousin Ben, I love him the bits, but that club is fucking boogaloo. So that is clearly weighing on his mind what is going on, and it's a, a big burden. He knows he's going to be leaving his boyhood club or, or the club he loves in the door. So it, it's a strange thing. I, I'm like you, Steve. I wouldn't be starting him. I think one of us, not even himself, said. Before the tournament started, that not, um, not bringing Ollie Watkins to the tournament and not bringing another striker is possibly going to be a mistake. Yeah, you bring four players to tournaments, and Ollie Watkins was a player scoring goals, so it was a mistake. It was an absolute yeah. mistake, and they're gonna they're gonna pay yeah. for it. I mean, they, there's not enough goals in this team to win a championship. No. Um. To move anything else to touch on the England Scotland game tonight? Uh, one one thing I want to touch on is Ali McCoy. He's just an absolute hero. I love listening to him. That bit Super where he said Gilmore. Sam. Yeah, Billy Gilmore. Well like yeah, oh. I think let Brendan gush about Billy Gil- Gilmore. Yes, very good. Talk about Billy Gilmore. <laughs> he, he, at the start of it, he was a wee bit rattled, which is understandable because he is only fourteen. But then he grew <laughs> into the game, and he was brilliant. Yeah, I thought he was going on the match actually. To be honest. Um, I thought he, 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 as I said earlier, he had that sort of tussle um, with Mount slash Sterling in the first 10 minutes. But after that, he was um, he brought a calmness to that Scotland team that I did not see in the first game. And for the age of, he's basically 19. Like, um, he, you know, there was balls coming you know, the England backline dropping in just in front of that Scotland defence and he was bringing it down with a great touch, fighting a pass, calming everybody down. You could see he was instructing as well. And I actually think a lot of that probably comes from Jorginho as well. Jorginho never fucks up um, when he's, you know, when he's in that Chelsea side. He's always talking. He's always looking around him, even if at times he doesn't have... The best game himself. Um, his communication is so good, and I think it helps uh, the players around him. And you could, like, I was watching the whole time. He was, um, he was full of that. He never quit. And as you said, he looked absolutely 
shattered when he was coming off, but I thought he had a fantastic game. Indeed. Um, and just to finish off on England and Scotland chat, an Englishman has actually scored tonight. Brent Brereton Diaz has scored for Chile in the Copa America, would you believe? Yeah. So fair play. It was actually a tidy goal just saw it there now when you were talking to me, Brent, and someone had passed it on to me. Um, Gilmore, brilliant. Scotland, brilliant. They can boogie well up them. Um, I really hope they can beat Croatia um, and keep going in this tournament because they've been class um, and they're a really likeable team as well. Tomorrow's, or today's game, sorry lads, um, France are out first two o'clock against Hungary. Uh, I fear Hungary might get slapped silly here, Stephen. Well, then again, I always make predictions and they're wrong, so... Well, like, look, hang on, you're talking to somebody who tipped Turkey in North Macedonia at the start of the tournament. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think I'm in a position to judge. I actually think that this won't be a hockeying because I think France are in very much in let's just do enough mode. Um, I thought they could have could have easily put Germany to the sword the other night and they decided not to. I think there's no point in peaking in match day two in terms of your group or match day three. Uh, which would worry me a little bit about Italy that they're they're expending an awful lot of energy in winning group games, whereas France might be just totting along. Don't um, do it, Stephen. Sorry. Don't do it, Stephen. Don't jinx us. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not jinxing. But I just, I just think France have France will make this a comfortable two 0 win. But I don't think we'll see anything showboaty from them at all. What about you, Breton? Are your boys Le Blues going to do some damage in Budapest? Yeah, I can't see them not um, doing damage. I, I actually agree with Steve insofar as I think they are kind of in just cruise control for now until it gets a bit more serious. But I think Hungary will set that deep that they probably will score three or four. Um, I just think it's kind of inevitable. The, the You know, I, I thought Germany were better um I thought they were going to be uh, against France and that game was actually entertaining. It, it was really good. Um, I think everyone probably expected France to, to beat Germany quite, quite handily. Um, but the, that's, there's, there's absolutely no reason, um, why Hungary will get anything out of this game or, um, even like there's no point in trying. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. Think. Oh my God. I, I mean, <laughs> honestly, well, maybe they'll, they'll come out That's, and prove me if, wrong. If Hungary but, win this game today, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to retire from doing the podcast. I'll make, I will make a formal apology, like if Hungary win this game. No. Honestly, okay. I won't. I won't because, like, you know, Hungary and Russia in terms of their fans acting like absolute Neanderthals. Fuck those guys. So I. I I'm actively cheering for them to lose, so I don't care. <laughs> yeah, see, and I, and yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Steve. Especially what's been going on lately, and some of the homophobic slurs we saw. I think it was done in, um, was it in Budapest or was it in St. Petersburg? One of them. So yeah, fuck them. But um, and I love Budapest, the city too, which is so. I was, I was hoping they did well, and then I read more about what was going on. I was just like, nah, screw you guys. I think, I think France will win this handy enough. Um, uh, I, I hope Greasy. And then Bappe get on the score sheet and get off and running in this tournament. Um, the, the next two games, <clears throat> especially the first one, Portugal-Germany, but the, the final one, Spain-Poland, are two big enough games in terms of their groups 
Um, the first one at five o'clock is absolutely massive, just in terms of scale of world football. It's Portugal reigning European champions against Germany, multiple time winners, multiple World Cup winners, and was well, Germany. So, Stephen, sorry, Brent, you can go first here. How do you see this one panning out? Do you see Germany bouncing back and getting three points and blowing second place? And well, depending on how France get on, this group wide open. I do, but you know, um. I just have a sense that Germany um, won't be overly disappointed with that um, performance the other night. Uh, as I said, just there when I was talking about France, um, they, you know, they'll be disappointed probably not to to get something out of that game. That they, they had chances. Um, the the one thing I think we spoke about at the time was. Um, there was nobody to to get on the end of uh, some of their good play. Um, we might see uh, a change in approach. Maybe uh, he might go with um, somebody more number nine, like uh, through the middle, rather than rather than starting Gnabry highest up there. Um, you know, we've seen Havertz play there for Chelsea um, during the season, and uh, at times he he's looked very good playing there. Um, Muller can play through there. Um, I think Germany um will kind of have to go after this game as well, which should make it entertaining. Um, I know Steve probably thinks that that Portugal um are are having us on a bit, so um, I imagine he he thinks the same about this game. But uh, again, you know, you've you always have. Ronaldo, and I don't mean to bang on about it, but usually he does something, um, and usually it's on big stages. So, um, uh, I can't wait for this one to be honest. It's it's another one that, like the France Germany game, a lot of people will be will be tuning into. And we saw in the in the first um, Portugal game that they have kind of enough when they. When they turn it on to get at defences, and probably they'll be looking at Hummels um, if he's going to be playing through the middle again uh, to get down the side of him, and maybe try and rile Rudiger up a wee bit as well because um, we saw the the situation with Pogba, and you know he he need to settle himself because he he really plays on the edge, and you know he he could easily be you know. <laughs> goaded into into getting sent off and w- which would be massive in, in a tight game I guess How do you see it panning out tomorrow Steve at the 5 o'clock kickoff? I, I think that's a really good point especially because Anthony Taylor who's one of the worst referees I've ever seen is the man in the middle tomorrow um, so I send him off <laughs> sending off oh look he is he's just bad um, sending off is, is well on the cards I think tomorrow but look uh, I, some of the vibes from the Germany camp really worries me. Um, like, um, Kimmich was asked <laughs> about what's the difference between playing right back and right wing back, and he was kind of like had to explain that they're two different positions. And you're going, he didn't really understand what the wing back position was. And you're going, okay, if he doesn't understand it, and he's asked been asked to play it. They might oh, be no. in trouble here. Um, so I think. You know, as much as Portugal are absolute frauds and cutting us all, um, like, they still have, you, win 
in the game. No, Brendan's right. Like they still have Ronaldo. Like and you know, for all he lacks in in natural ability that like that Messi has, and that's where Messi has the advantage of Ronaldo in that debate. Like he's just this will to win and this ability to do nothing for eighty eight minutes of a game and still score two goals. That's um, why. But Germany don't have a player like that. Um, yeah. They really, they just, they just don't. Um, and I think that's the difference. And I think this will be a, a fairly close game, but I can see Portugal kind of stretching away at the end. And, and as much as I don't want it to happen because I predict them to be flops in this tournament, I think Portugal could win this like 2-0, um, and comfortably enough as well. We could then see, if that is the case, we could possibly see Germany going out. If all the groups managed to get, yeah, but if all the groups managed to get four points, the way some of the groups are lining up, then we could see Germany going. So it's masses for Germany. Portugal already have the three points on, on the bag, so they they know that they have a tiny bit of a safety net. It's massive for Germany tomorrow. I think that point on, on Germany not having an out and out goal scorer uh, like Miroslav Klose that used to always just pop up World Cups yeah. for goals is key. And I mean Thomas and Thomas Muller used to do it as well. He's not really doing as much now. He could do it tomorrow because he is. He has been on real in big games. We we know what he's been like. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. I I I think Portugal and Germany. I think that's going to be a draw. I do think that's going to be a draw tomorrow night. Not to sit in the fancy team right now, but I, I can't pick a winner because Germany were better than people thought they were going to be. Um, and if they had have had one or two breaks, just Kevin Volland was an absolute moron when he came on at times. <laughs> they could have found themselves with an equaliser and, and, and would have stung France. So I'm really looking forward to that one. That's going to be a cracking game. It's a shame it's on a 5 o'clock. It should have been an 8 o'clock game. But yeah, it's going to be a brilliant game tomorrow. The final game, Steve, sees Spain and Poland kick off. Now, Sweden have really shook this group to pieces because they're top of it now, as we talked about earlier in the show, on four points. Spain have won and Poland have none. And we need, as Poland people, need to see Robert Lewandowski produce the goods, and he needs to do it very, very soon. Um, and tomorrow night will be a good start for Poland. How do you see this one panning out? Feels like a draw again. Um, like I think Spain will look at this and go, right, we can't lose it, but you know, a draw will be okay. I think to to to, to manage it. Um, I don't think either of these teams are, are very, very good. I think Poland are one of those teams. I said it last night in the podcast. They keep qualifying for these tournaments and doing absolutely nothing when they get there. And that must be just so disheartening as a fan. Um, for Spain, like they had Morata, I think, out at the press conference today and they're like absolutely backing him 100%. And you're going, like, that's fine, but like, why? Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Exactly. Like, just drop them and go with someone else. Like, um, yeah. I I worry. I do worry for Spain. I think. I think this could. I think they'll get a draw, and I think that would be enough to keep their hopes alive. But they're in danger. Um, in this tournament, uh, and I think as soon as it comes to the knockout stages, they're they're going to be dismissed pretty pretty quickly because it's it's a poor enough. It's a poor enough squad uh, for the quality of the player in it that they're they're just not meshed quite well. And I said it, you know, the night of the or the morning after the the Sweden Spain game that like for Enrique, you know, his entire manager managerial career is based around having Lionel Messi um, and his success outside of teams that include the best player we've ever seen play football is fairly limited. And I think we're seeing that again in this tournament. 
Yeah, he has got a lot of hype around him, Luis Enrique. A lot of people do see what he did with that Barcelona night. He had a decent Barcelona team, to be fair, as you mentioned, Steve. Um, and Spain, at times, under him, have, have looked unreal, and he had to have that time off due, due to those horrible circumstances. They look really... They look good up until the final third, which is something you seem to always be able to say about Spain, or always have been able to say about Spain at times. But I know he's going to stick... As we said, with Murad, I know, and that's whatever. Like, if it's your own loyalty and your player, and, and hopefully Alvaro Murad can score tomorrow night. But that, that, as you said, you pointed out, that wouldn't fill me with great confidence. I, I think um, Jordan Moreno would be a much better option. I think Oyatabal as well showed when he came off and came on the other night. He had provided something out wide, and the Vadama Traore who um, can just terrorise teams just by standing there at times. So. Spain, I want to see Spain do well tomorrow night, um, and I'm just going to, with my head, I'm just going to go with, or my heart, sorry, I'm going to go with a narrow Spain win, which will all but put uh, Poland, will put them out actually, because Slovakia have beat them, so, um, and I will sort this group out nice and for the for the final game between Spain and Slovakia, but yeah, I, th- I think Spain will sneak through, Busquets thinks, I know she's going to be back in, but he's back in with the squad, and there was a nice moment today when they all welcomed him back, or yesterday it was, so... I'm looking forward to that one as well, Torn. I think it could be a good game. Uh, it's in Seville and it looks absolutely scorchy over there as well. So, yeah. good luck to the lads running about. <laughs> um, that looks wild. But um, I don't think there was anything else for us to touch on on tonight's pod. I think that's sort of... Oh, Paddy wanted me, sorry, to touch on um, Kevin DeFraud. I think from last night's show where I got an <laughs> absolute kicking from start to finish. I, I, I get it. Kevin DeFraud plays fo- good football at times. But people talk about him as if he's changed the whole midfield position, and he hasn't. Um, if De Bruyne can lead Belgium to Euros, I'll I'll, I'll formally apologise as well. Uh, until I see him do that, then no, I'll still stand by it. He's still a bit of a flat track bully. Uh, and in the really really big games, I know Tony Rudiger tried to rearrange his face, but before <laughs> that, he was doing nothing. Little Angolo, um, had him on toast, and I'm I'm sorry. Angolo. You can't, you cannot, I know Angolo kind of does it to a lot of people, but you, you cannot elevate him to those levels where some people do not, not Paddy, but some people do, uh, until he's done something in a major, major game, which he still has yet to do. So, yeah, we will see, we will see what Kevin DeFraud can do going forward in Belgium. He certainly looked very good when he came on the other night. That, as I usually were talking about yesterday. That touchy, that extra touch took for that goal was yeah. ridiculous. But um, yeah, we will see. Um, and I will, as I said, do a formal apology if he leads Belgium to glory uh, in the Euros. But that is the, our latest pod done, folks. Thanks everyone for joining and listening and um, commenting on it as well. Uh, Rizo, really appreciated your comment about me and my predictions on as well. Absolutely kicked my confidence to pieces. What about um, the, have you anything to say on the Netherlands? Just quickly. No. I don't because I'm only I'm only half apologising for one thing. I'm not I'm not going all in. And <laughs> um, I, I, I am absolutely not. I'm, I will I actually. Del- I'll take I'm this de- this opportunity to formally apologise for my shout about Turkey. I will I will take that on the chin and absolutely run with it. Yeah, fair play. I will take this opportunity to apologise for fucking nothing. So <laughs> yes, good man. And I would like to apologise for Johnny. Um, so. Everyone, thanks for listening. Catch all of our stuff on our social media channels on Instagram and Twitter at the Football Babble Pod. Brenton, the Patreon link is patreon.com forward slash football babble. Thanks so much to everyone that signed up. If you haven't signed up yet, 
to go on ahead. It's only one pound a month. No athletic are doing it, but like screw them guys. We talk actual. We're, we're a bit of crack. We don't give you insightful knowledge, but we give you shite knowledge, which is more important. And Thank enjoy yourself. it. Enjoy the rest of the Euros. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, where we'll talk about uh, the games coming up today, and we'll look forward to Sunday's games, which is Italy against Wales, Switzerland against Brenton's favourite Turkey, um, and we'll chat to you soon. Good luck. Good fun, surprise.